Hey, yo, what's up, world? Yo, I'm Carl. And I'm CT, and you're watching... What's up, nephew? Powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? What's up, nephew? Hello? Yo, what's up, nephew? What's up? You ready to get started? Yep. Yo, I'm really excited about today's episode. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the odds on favor to win this season's NBA MVP. Um, we're going to talk about those Madden ratings. I got a bone to pick about those. Um, MLB's opening day is this week. And we're going to talk about um, the athlete of the week. NFL player turned filmmaker Matthew Cherry. Let's jump right in. All right, so first we got this for that questions, and my first question I like to ask is which was uh um, which was more of a memorable moment, Kobe's last game or when D Rose scored fifty points? Um, I'm gonna have to say Kobe's last game. Um, whew. That was a memorable. I mean, granted, he took a bunch of shots to get to 60. <laughs> but to be able to score 60 points in your last game, I mean, that was just amazing. And they got the win. Um, I think that was the most memorable one. I mean, D-Rose, that was a pretty game. Like, you know, they said they, they counted yeah. me out. I still got it. I still got a little juice. But Kobe's game was like, yo, this is how you go. You know, one of the greatest players, in my opinion, one of the top three or four to ever do it. And just to go out with 60, I think that was dope. Yeah, I'm going with Kobe too. But D-Rose game, it was, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of people just was sleeping on him, counting him out. He was planning on retiring and everything, and then he just came out and scored 50 points. And I just feel like it was very emotional and just a very memorable moment. But the way Kobe ended off, it was his last game. He was like 40, something like that, and he still was able to go out with 60 points. I mean, that was very amazing. All right, my next question. What do you think was a greater ending? Auburn versus Alabama when Auburn scored the game-winning touchdown to win the Iron Bowl in 2013, or Kawhi's game-winning Game Seven shot against Philly. Hmm. Which one you got? Um, I'm gonna go with Kawhi's game-winning shot because I feel like that shot it just left everybody on the edge of their seat. Like it bounced around the rim like 18 times <laughs> before going in, and like. I just feel like that crushed a lot of people. And it just it just, it just was an amazing shot, I feel like. Right. I think I'm about to go with the kick six. I mean, you know, I felt like, you know, that was just a dope ending, right? You know, you know, usually somebody run back there with the hopes of catching the ball and possibly running back. But for him to actually be able to go back there, catch the ball, and you know, because a lot of times people don't can't line it up. Like you know, that was a deep kick. You know, Alabama was really trying yeah. to make a deep kick. So for them 
to be over there and line up in the right spot to be able to get the ball and just score, like score the way he did and end the game. I mean, that jump was a dope. Like I always remember that. I mean, the quad shot was good too, but I think it was more impressive, like to go, you know, 110 yards, well, 105 yards, whatever, and score a touchdown, like to win the game. I think that was dope, more memorable. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough. Yeah. One. All right. Um, biggest upset of all time when number sixteen seed UNBC beat number one seed Virginia in the um national tournament for basketball, or when the undefeated two thousand eight Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Mm. I'm at to go with the um when the Patriots lost. You know, everybody just expected the Patriots to go undefeated. You know, they had already um, trademarked the undefeated logo. Um, you know, the Giants are really the underdogs or whatever. And they just lost. I mean, they, they lost that game. And I think that was the better moment, the better upset. I feel like um, the UNBC was one was a better upset because I'm a Virginia fan. That's my favorite college basketball team. Okay. So and, you're a little biased. Yeah, so for the odds was like 98.9. No, it was like 99.2% to like a 0.8% chance of UNBC winning. And they ended up winning by like 30 or 20 <laughs> points. And it just, it shocked the whole world. It was like, yeah. like what happened? Like, I didn't even watch the game because I was like, I already know Virginia, they finna beat them. That's an easy game. That's a blowout. We straight. Yeah, that never happened then, before. Oh, 16 never beat yeah. the one. <laughs> they beat them bad. And I was just like, wow, okay. Yeah, but I will say like, from that, UVA had the ultimate redemption story from that season. Yeah, it came back and went and shit. Yeah. All right. And my last and final question. Who has the best throwback jerseys? The Memphis Grizzlies, their Vancouver jerseys. Okay. Or um, the, the Toronto Raptors. Okay, both of the teams from Canada. Um, yeah. Whew. I mean, I like the colorway. You know, that purple with that, I don't know, it was like a reddish type color. That's That was like a real, and the black, that's a funky colorway. Like, the way they put that together, and then they had the dinosaur on there. That was dope, but I think I'm gonna have to go with the the Grizzlies jerseys. You know, they had the the, the Grizzly on the on the shorts, and then the situ- they was doing they had like the decorations. I don't know if the decorations, but the design that they had around the collar and the sleeves. Yeah, and, and it was black. You know, it just set off that till so dope. You know, and now you got me thinking I might want to purchase a, a Vancouver Grizzlies throwback jersey. But yeah, I think I think they had the dope jersey. I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Grizzlies too. Them jerseys are just they crazy. Like I just love them jerseys. Like every single time the Grizzlies wore them jerseys this year, like I just really wanted to see them. I'm gonna order me a jersey. <laughs> I can't wait. I'll... Yeah, you. I think you got. Yeah, I think I'll... I want both. I think I want a Vince Carter jersey and maybe give me a um, a Mike Bibby Grizzly jersey. I'm gonna give you a job, man. <laughs> Have to get job. Oh man, he not throwback. He ain't not a throwback, but he just, he told Yeah, me. he is tough. Oh my God. <laughs> all right. Is that all your questions you got? 
Mm-hmm, that was my last okay. question. Okay. So we're gonna move on to our next segment. What's NNA? What's NNA? What's NNA? 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 All right, all right. So let's just come out of, I'm come out with it right away. Vegas has Giannis, the odds in on favor to be this season MVP. What your thought? What are your thoughts? Yes, I believe it. I just feel like Giannis is just such a dominant player. Like he's his length, his size, and the way he can move. Like, and I just feel like he got a want. Like he he wanna win. That's why I just feel. Like, I just feel like he wanna win so so bad. Like I don't know. It's just he's a seven footer who moves faster than everybody on the court, and he can get to anywhere he wants. But the only flaw I say in his game is his shot. But you just talking about his skill set. I want to, is he the MVP this season? He averaged 29.7 points per game, 13 rebounds. He was in question of winning the defensive player of the year. So he was doing his thing on offense, doing his thing on the glass, doing his thing on defense. He let the Bucks up 53 and 12 season before COVID came. He's most definitely MVP. That, that's the MVP season right there. Nah. Well, let me let me first tell everybody that, you know, I am a LeBron fan. I'm probably the biggest LeBron fan you ever meet. LeBron? But, but LeBron is the MVP this season. No. no that no. man, he's averaging 26 points a game, leading the league in assists. Leading the league in assists. He's at 13 triple-doubles this season, all in his 17th year. And then this is the other thing that, you know, everybody say, you know, before LeBron got to the Lakers, you know, they was like, oh, he, he doing it in the East. The East is weak. The East is weak. This man is doing this in the West. And you mean to tell me he's not the MVP in his 17th year? Like, Giannis is doing it in the East. Like, everything that they said that LeBron was doing in the East, Giannis is doing now, but now all of a sudden Giannis is the MVP. I think I think the issue is too many people take for granted um, LeBron's greatness, man. I think, you know, they say, ah, oh, LeBron, he's always on top. Oh, it's too easy for LeBron. Just because it's easy for him don't mean that he's not great. So no. I'm going to have to give the MVP to, to LeBron, man. LeBron is but, okay, about it. think about it. Giannis, he carried his team. They, they didn't even have, they don't have star power. It's really Giannis' team. It's really, really just Giannis. Chris Middleton, he's straight, but he's not a star. He can't go on another team and lead a team. LeBron has Anthony Davis, and they still didn't have the best record. LeBron. Giannis, but okay, 50, but they, the best, they got the best record right now. They got the best record in the West. But... The Bucks had the best record in the league. They fifty three. But they in the East though. Like I'm, all I'm saying is everybody when LeBron, Le, when LeBron did what Giannis did, it was like, oh, he's doing it in the week East. No, but now but Giannis is doing it. It's okay. I remember it was years before the Warriors even came on the on the scene that LeBron was still as great as he was. He was still leaving Miami and Cleveland to the playoffs. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, but I'm saying like in the past few years, when a lot of like when a lot of people just like it's just LeBron, he's in the East, it's so easy. This that that's the only reason he's making it. This that this that this that. But Giannis, 
I'm only the one thing I'm gonna say that Giannis doesn't have over LeBron. I just feel like Giannis can't get to the championship. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if he just he chokes when it comes to the playoffs or something like that. But he, he just can't make it. Honestly, I yeah. don't think he can make it second round. But I I don't agree. But we'll see. He's an MVP <laughs> this season. I don't agree, but we'll move on. All right, um, let's talk about these Madden ratings. Did you see the the ratings that they came out with? Yes, I've seen the ratings. I disagree with okay. some of them. Let's but... just talk about them. All right, what do you want to talk about first? Um, How do you feel that Lamar Jackson is a 94 overall, but he's the cover? Yeah, so that was one of the ones that stood out to me. Like, you know, I feel like... Lamar Jackson is a cheat code. Like, you know, you got you got certain players on that and there's like you got them their cheat code. And I think he's one of them. I for him to be at 94, it's like, woof, like I feel like y'all kind of disrespecting my man a little bit. Like, come on there. I mean, they got his speed right. I think they put his speed. I don't even know if his speed is right. They got his speed at like a 96. Yeah. Um, I think it's his arm that's like a 94. Um, but yeah, like I I don't really agree with that. I think he should have been a little higher than than ninety four. All cover, mostly like usually every single year, the cover is always a ninety nine overall. Right, and he's a ninety four. So I feel like they kind of did him wrong, and I honestly feel like he's a ninety nine worthy player. Like even in the last Madden, he was just so op. Like each time I go against my friends. If anybody has Lamar Jackson, you already know. Okay, they're gonna win. Like Lamar Jackson is a cheat code; he's unstoppable in Madden. Right. In front of me at night, I just feel like they they kind of did him wrong on that one. All right. So one of the, some of the other things, like so, let's talk about the players that did get the ninety nine ratings. Well, I'm just gonna name a few. So we got Christian McCaffrey, um, Aaron Aaron Donald, um, Christian. I said Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, and Michael Thomas. What do you think? Mm, oh, and Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. What do you think? What do you think about those 99 ratings? I think the only one, the one for me, the one that sticks out that maybe shouldn't have got it is actually Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I don't think that he should have. I could see it. Now I could see him being at a 94. Where is the thing? He is, I will agree that he is the best running back right now in the NFL. I agree with that, but I still don't know if he deserved a 99. Like, when you look at the history of players that have gotten 99s or higher ratings in Madden, I don't know if Christian McCaffrey match up with those players. Mm, I don't think he's 99 worthy. And um, something else that stuck out to me is that um, Rob Gronkowski, Gronk, uh, Gronk, 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 <laughs> he, um, he has a 95 overall, and he didn't even play last season. He's over Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I saw that. And I just that, that's very wrong. I mean, yeah, I mean, but Gronk, he injuries took him out. It wasn't like he had a decrease yeah. in performance um, because he's you know of age or anything. But it was just more so injuries. So I mean. I mean, it is kind of hard, I mean, to see that he got a 95 and missed the whole season. But he still, the last time he played healthy, he was still grunk. Um, I mean, 
beast, but I just feel like Lamar that that season he just had last season, it was ninety nine worthy. And I just feel like a lot of people was put above him when they shouldn't have been put above him. Right. One so one of the other things that stuck out to me was Tom Brady had a ninety over um Deshaun Jackson's eighty six rating. Deshaun Washington? Yeah. Oh, I said Jackson, yeah, Deshaun Washington. Yeah. I seen that too. I seen Deshaun Watson at eighty six overall. No, no way. Yeah, I mean, no. either you, either you, you um, bring his rating up. Tom Brady's is or bring Tom Brady's down. Like Tom Brady, I don't know if he had a ninety season last year. Mm-mm. I don't think so. So I think I think that they gave him that off of just his name who he was, yeah. you know, his history. I think he, Tom Brady, had about four covers, four four games when he was um, had a 99 rating. So I just felt like that they just, you know, um, gave him that off the strength of being Tom Brady. So one of the things, so this caused me to do a little bit of research. You know, my favorite Madden player of all time is Michael Vick. If you say Lamar Jackson <laughs> is a cheat code, Michael Vick was that cheat code. I mean, I think he he could possibly go down as like the greatest Madden player of all time. And you know, when I looked it up, you know, he never got a ninety nine rating. He Michael never did. Vick never got a ninety nine rating. Like so, you said that he, you he yeah he was on the cover, so it was like what? So I was just like, that's crazy to me. So I was gonna ask you. So when I played Madden. Back when I had Michael Vick, it was just like, if I had Michael Vick, he wasn't going to beat me. It don't matter who you got. If you got the best defense or whatever, I was going to dog you out with Michael Vick. So what's your Madden strategy? My Madden strategy, honestly, I don't like getting Lamar Jackson. Mm. I like picking up San Francisco 49ers because I feel like they have the best defense. And I just feel like if I get them, it doesn't matter who you get. You're not scoring them. Even if they got Lamar Jackson. Even if they got Lamar Jackson. Oh, you like, must be playing people they can't really play. No, I play people that's like real oh, good. Okay. And it's like, we battle, but you still can't beat me. <laughs> like, only thing, only thing you can't stop with Lamar Jackson is once he get, gets out that pocket in Madden, he's gone. Like, can't nobody keep up with him. Right. But... San Francisco 49ers, they're in the backfield so fast. Like, their defensive line is in the backfield, like, within, like, two seconds. As soon as you snap the ball, it's a player in the backfield. Right. So, that's why a lot of, like, a lot of people, they can't beat me when I got the 49ers because it's like, you can't really get nowhere with Lamar Jackson unless you got a good offensive line. You can't really get nowhere against me. So, can't, can't a lot of people beat me. All right. So, that's the NBA, the um, Madden rating. So, moving on. In, in a, the MLB is kicking off the season this week. Um, I think right now we're going to put it on the tape. Who is your World Series champion this season? Uh, I got the Yankees. The Yankees? Okay, why? Yeah, I got the Yankees. I feel like the Yankees, like, I feel like they do that. They're willing to put in a lot of money to get the best talent, the best group of players, and all that. And I just feel like this is the year, like they finally gonna win. Yeah. Um. They got, they got Garrett Cole. Like I just feel like, 
I just feel like it's their year. I feel like it's just their year to win. I mean, yeah, I think they've got a pretty good squad. I mean, got Aaron, Aaron Judge. Um, they just picked up um, Jared Cole, a, a really one of the best pitchers in the league right now. So, I mean... I, I I wouldn't have picked them, but I can see I can see that. I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. Um, you know, the Dodgers have been a really strong squad for the last few years, but it's just like they're just missing that one piece, you know, um, to help take them over the top. And I think you know this offseason they picked up two pieces, two major pieces that are gonna help them get over the top. They picked up Wookie Betts, which they just locked him up. You know, we just found out they locked him up for with a 13-year, $380 million deal. So they got him for, for, for quite a while. And then they got David Price in the deal for Mookie Bet. So um, I'm excited about to see what the Dodgers can do. But I think this season is going to be interesting. You know, you know, this is the first time we're back on the field since, you know, the MLB gave the Houston Astros and the Red Sox, you know, a slap on the wrist for the cheating scandal. And, you know, a lot of players in the league, you know, really didn't mess with that. You know, they they really didn't improve. They ain't like that. So I like I'm interested to see what happens when when all these teams play those two teams. But I think I'm gonna go with the Dodgers this year. Thank you. Speaking of speaking of the MLB, did you see that Canada's told Toronto the Toronto Blue Jays that they can't play in Canada? <laughs> yeah, I seen that. Just to update everyone that doesn't know, um, you know, Canada's COVID nineteen cases are going on a a down a downward trend, so they're really having less and less cases, and they felt like with the United States cases going up, and for you know the Blue Jays having to go in and out of the of the country to the United States to play games, you know, they was like, you know what, y'all just don't play no games here. <laughs> so, then you know they were trying to work things out where they played their home games in Pittsburgh at PNC Park. So as they were, you know, in the midst of trying to finalize that deal, the state of Pennsylvania stepped in and was like, Nope. Nah. <laughs> y'all won't play here either. Like, we don't want we don't want y'all here either. So as of right now, the the Blue Jays, they don't have anywhere to play their home games this season. So they it's possible that they may be playing all their games on the road this season. And honestly, I feel like that's smart. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. I think it shows, you know, leadership. You know, I think in order to, you know, kind of get rid of, to make COVID-19 disappear or, you know, get some control under, you need some leadership from the top. And that shows from Canada, they was like, you know what? You know, I know we can make a lot of money off baseball. You know, I know it's good for the morale of our citizens, but y'all can watch them on TV. <laughs> All right, so and our last thing in our in this segment is T.O. Did you see the T.O. video <laughs> with um Tariq Hill? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, I already knew he wasn't gonna beat him, beat him, cause I mean Tariq Hill is just that's a key to that boy fast. Yeah. But T.O. for his age, he's still fast. I feel like he's faster than a lot of players in the NFL right now. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, so for those that um, are like, what are they talking about? So there's a video out of um, Tariq Hill and Terrell Owens racing during the 40-yard dash. 
And of course, Tariq Hill, he won, like as we expected. But Tariq's Hill 40 time was a 4 3 something. What was it? 4 3 2? 4 3 2. And Terrell Owens was right behind him. So Terrell Owens at 46 years probably ran like a 4 4, a 4 4, 4 5, 4 4 5. So the boy can still move. The man can still move. So, like, I'm like, you know, a few years ago, he was like, you know, I'm waiting for an NFL team to, to give me another shot. At 46 years old, that he's still booking like that. His body still look like he's still staying in shape. I don't know. Like, if he still wanted to play, I think I might get that man a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He is fast for his age. Super fast for his age. 46 years old. He running a 4-4. A four 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 five. That's that's booking. That's yeah. booking. <laughs> All right, that's super fast. So let's move on to our next segment. And now the athlete of the week. All right, so this week's athlete is the great um, Matthew Terry. Makai, do you know who Matthew Terry is? No, you know you don't. Have you ever heard of the? Um, it's a film out. It's called Hair Love. Mm. Okay, all right. So I'm just going to tell you about. It. So Matthew Terry is an American film director, writer, producer, and a former NFL player. Um, he played his collegiate career at the University of Akron. There, he was a a second team. You know, all Mid-American Conference wide receiver. He finished his career as the all-time leading receiver at the school. And his senior season, he had the record for total receptions, yards, touchdowns, punt return yards, and punt return touchdowns. Mm. Um, you know, he went into the NFL undrafted um, for a few seasons. He started his season. He started his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he kind of, you know, was a journeyman. So he bounced from team to team. And he bounced between the NFL and NFL Europe. But in 2007, you know, he decided to retire from football and pursue a film career. And um, he began his career by directing videos and independent films. And one of his, I think it was his second film, it was called Nine Rides. He shot that film entirely on an iPhone 6S. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty dope. You know, the way a little bit about how he came about developing Hair Love. Um, he started a Kickstarter campaign for the film, and he he's his first intentions was to raise um, seventy five thousand dollars, and he actually ended up raising over three hundred thousand for this project. And Hair Love is a film about an African American dad who's attempting to style his daughter's hair for the first time. And in 2019, Sony Pictures picked up Hair Love. And then also that later that year, the film, you know, it's just a little short six-minute film. It was adapted into a children's book. They ended up being one of the children's books, New York Times bestsellers. So I think mm. it was just really dope, you know, Matthew Cherry's um, transition. And then when they asked, um, you know, Cherry about, it, about his film, he said... You know, I wanted to give kids a character that normalizes and celebrates black hair. And he also said black fathers get a, a bad rap in the, in the mainstream media. So I also wanted to show them, um, show fathers as present and caring versus the deadbeat, 
dad stereotype that's often ascribed to them in film. Um, so you know, I, I you know, I, you know, this was interesting. You know, I really thought it was dope. You know, the way that you know Matthew transitioned from being an athlete, a professional athlete, right into going into his next passion, his next career, which was film. So I was going to ask you, like, do you think he was able to take the skills that he learned in sports and translate them to his next career? Yeah. So what do you think those skills were? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think some skills that, you know, you develop in sports that you that will help you translate to your next career? Um, Resilience, you know, being able not to, like, give up. Like, because in sports, you have an injury, and it's like, nah, like, I want it to end right here. Like, you want to keep on fighting and keep on pushing. So, probably, it was a lot of people who probably passed up on a lot of his stuff. Like, okay, I don't like this. It's trash. Yeah. It's like, probably just forced him, like, nah, I'm not finna just give up right here. Just probably just made him go and go work harder. Um, Another thing I feel like he probably picked up from sports is teamwork. Being able to work with other people and stuff like that. Yeah. And being able to learn, like, probably from mentors and older film directors and stuff like that teaching him like you know different stuff in the industry and you probably in sports you know you learn from your coaches probably learn from former players older players and stuff like that so yeah I feel like he learned a lot from sports and was able to cable, carry it over to his um, next profession yeah I really think I think that's dope I think those are all good things I think you know you know sports you know when you, when you think about it you know sports builds so much character so many traits in you that are trans translatable to the next path like you know i'm just thinking about even people that don't make it professionally if you are able to take sports seriously um and and you have that passion and you, you work towards it i think you can put that same work ethic that same passion to the next thing and it can really carry you far so you know those are good points um one of the other things that i want to talk about is you know him saying that he wanted his book and film hair love to to normalize and celebrate black hair you know i really wanted to ask you as somebody that like really love his hair like you always twisting it put got your fingers in it um you really take care of it and you know i know it really means a lot to you so i wanted to ask you do you think um first i just wanted to ask you do you do you feel that people judge you by the way that your hair looks Yes, I feel like that's a big judgment because I kind of feel like when you first see a person, the first thing you see and first thing you notice is their hair. Like, mm. I feel like that's that's one of the first things that you see in a person is what's on top of your head. So, I honestly feel like that's a that's a big thing in appearance. So that's why I care about my hair a lot. Right. So, so you, I know you like to rock the big curly fro, or whatever. So, how do you think people judge you because of the way your hair is? And and that's um, wait, the first question. Let me ask you: Do you think people judge black people unfairly because of their hair? A little bit, yes. A little bit, yeah. You know, like I'm just thinking about um, the guy that couldn't graduate from his high school. He couldn't finish school because he had dreads, and they wanted him to cut it. Yeah. Um, and then I know it was a lot of policing done in schools. Um, especially like here in Georgia, you know, particular school, you know, they were like, you know, 
you know, boys can't have certain haircuts. They just need straight up buzz cuts. And, you know, girls can't have all the different types of beads and all that type of stuff in the, the hairs. So I was just going to ask you, like, yeah, so do you think um, people judge you for the way your hair is rocked? And if so, how? Um, I don't think it's like a like a bad judgment. Okay. I just feel like a lot of people they see my hair and I feel like they try to judge me. Like I feel like a lot of people see my hair and be like, "Oh, you probably do this or you do that or you do this or you do that." And it's like so that is the judgment. How you gonna tell? That, that's the judgment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, but it's like it's like you, it's like they don't know you. But go ahead. Yeah. It's like, how you gonna assume that I do this and do that just because how my hair look? Like, yeah. So yeah, my hair doesn't defeat. It's just something I just like. You know? Exactly, I and, and I think that's a lot, and I think that's really unfair. And I think, um, yeah. I think black people, you know, get that a little more, right? Um, yeah. Um, you know, you've seen people. You know, people have dreads. You know, they automatically think that, you know, you know, they make smoke a lot of marijuana or something. You know what I'm saying? Um, or, you know, you know, they don't want, you know, black women to wear their natural hair in the workplace. You know, that's seen as being un- unprofessional. So how can you tell somebody yeah. that today because they rock their hair in the afro that it's unprofessional? So I think, you know. You know, I think it, it goes back to like, especially for Black people, like to something that calls like the politics of respectability. I think it's like if you look a certain way, people will treat you that way. People will respect you if you look clean cut, hair pressed, um, you know, hair and a a nice buzz cut. But you know, one of the things that we've seen is like most of the people that are getting killed by police and those type of things. They have clean cuts. They have low cuts. And they still killing us. So I think it's important yeah. that... Okay, so I don't know if that matters. So I think it's important as black people, and especially black young people like you, um, all those, and our kids or whatever, I think it's important for them for us to let them express they express themselves with their hair and let them have it however they want to. You know, I think it's a freedom yeah. of expression, a freedom... Uh, self way a form of self expression. I think it's important, and you know, other coaches get to do it, and I think it's important that we get to do it as well. The other yeah. thing that he said, um, you know, is that you know he wanted to show black fathers in a different light, show them as being present and caring. I think that's one of the things that we also you know see in the media. Um, or portray, you know, people have a stereotype that, you know, black fathers aren't present or, you know, they aren't that yeah. they aren't good or whatever. So I was going to ask you, somebody that's raised by his father, by a single father, do you think people, you know, judge fathers unfairly, give them a bad rap? Yes, I feel like a lot of people do. And like, even like now, like, out to like, like when I first moved, and I was, like, making new friends and all that stuff. And I was telling them, like, I lived with my dad. A lot of people was, like, surprised by that. Mm. And they automatically assumed that I just lived with my mom. So a lot of people automatically always assume that I always live with my mom. Or a lot of people just live with their mother. 
I mean, it's a lot of people who actually do live with their father. Not all fathers leave. It's yeah. Some fathers actually and raise their children. So I just like that's a real, real bad assumption. And I just like a lot of people shouldn't always assume that. Yeah. Without knowing. I just like it's a very, very bad assumption of black people, black fathers instead. Yeah, like, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think black fathers are really doing a really great job. And I just want to yeah. shout them all out. Tell them that we see you. We see y'all. And we know that y'all are present and caring. And, you know, I like, I really like, um, I like the film because, you know, me being a dad to a daughter, you know, I remember that first time that I, you know, did Corey's hair and it was a struggle. <laughs> but, you know, I figured out, I feel like all dads need to have that one go-to hairstyle. So mine is like a slick back ponytail with the little puff in the back. You know, that's real easy. I can get that real smooth and laid back. So you being a big brother, two little sisters, have you done their hair yet? Um, not my not my youngest sister. I haven't done her hair yet. But um my other sister, she's thirteen. Yes, I I've tried to do her hair before. Oh really? She's was like, it was it any good? It was straight. Okay. It wasn't hey, but I mean it was my first time. So I mean if I have more practice, I'll be good at it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that was our athlete of the day. So shout out to Matthew Cherry. All right. So moving on to our last segment of the day. Ask Uncle Nephew. All right. So you know we have a few questions, Makai, um, as usual. But before we read these questions for Ask Uncle Nephew, can you tell people how they can ask us questions? Okay, if you guys want to ask us questions, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at AfterYears360. And ask us questions that y'all feel like that we'll be able to answer. And ask us questions that you feel like we can answer and help you with. So, yeah. Okay, that's good. So, today we actually have a question from Instagram. It's from at Mark156. And he says, um, if you could play another sport, what would it be? If I could play another sport, what would it be? I would go back to football. Hmm. Why is it? I go back to football. Um, cause I feel like I, I feel like I'm just I was real talented in football, and it's just I lost my love for the sport. But I feel like if I were to go back, I feel like I would be real dominant in the sport, mm. and actually a top player. So okay. I don't know. Um, I think if I could have played another sport, I think I would either, I think I would have done tennis. Tennis? Tennis. Um, you know, watching tennis on TV, watching Serena and Venus, um, it really just was like, yo, I probably should have tried that. You know, it just looks interesting. Like, I wonder, like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I was pretty fast and athletic. You know, I was wondering, I believe that I probably, you know, could have could have been pretty good at it. And, you know, I think it's a challenge. You know, I always play team sports. So just to give yourself, you know, a different kind of challenge, you know, it's just you. You only have yourself to depend on. Um, you can't rely on your teammates. Um, and, you know, it's how, how you shake off mistakes and all those type of things in an individual sport. Um, 
you know, how do you strategize in an individual sport? So it just, you know, it was, it would have been just a new challenge. So for me, it would have been um, tennis. All right. So our last question, I think this is a really good question. Um, and I really want to see, get into your mind and see what you think about this. This is from Ashley in Virginia. What do you do to calm your butterflies while you compete? Um, the way I get rid of my butterflies, it's not something that like I actually do. It's just something mentally I do. Is I just I just sit for a second, like get myself away from a lot of people, and just sit there and just tell myself like, what's the worst that can happen? Like you get crossed, okay, so what? You get dunked on, okay, so what? Just try to get them back. You still gonna live to see another day. You still gonna live to play another game. So. I just feel like if I do make a mistake, I just use that as motivation to go work harder. So if I got butterflies, it's just I just tell myself like it's nothing to be scared of, it's nothing to be nervous about. Just go play, just go have fun. That's a good answer. Um, and just to add to that, you know, I think having butterflies is a good thing. Um, you know, when you have butterflies, that shows that you care about the outcome of of your game, of your performance. So I think that's good. I think it's natural to have butterflies. But yeah, like I think Makai said, what Makai said is a good answer. You know, just go through your, walk yourself through your game mentally. Think about all the things that could happen. Visualize those things. That should help you calm down a little bit. Um, but also, you know, just get you a, a pregame routine, a, a routine or that you do before the game to help calm you down a little bit. I don't know whether it's listening to music, um, take a nap something that'll help you calm down but also like as you're in the game like Makai says like you know don't be in your, your your mind too much but you know talk yourself talk yourself down um and and walk yourself through those strategies so that you know you know if you do come across a certain situation put yourself in a certain scenario you'll be ready for it and you you've already thought yourself through it so good answer Makai all right so that's our show for today um, I really had a good time talking to with you, talking about all these things. And I'm going to leave everybody with this quote. And this quote is from Malcolm X. And it says, if you have no critics, you'll likely have no success. And Makai, what song are we closing out with today? Closing out with Demon Tom by Lil Yachty and Draft Day. So why you picked this song? I picked this song because I just, I feel like this song goes out to all the people that's been getting passed up and looked over. And I just feel like it's time for all of us to go into a different mode and just show them, like, what they missing out on. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, until next week, y'all. We talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Off, let the homie go handle it. Be pointing stones around my neck like the room, like a candlelit. Don't get too close, seven six twos, knock on your shoulder, dismantle it. Messed up, no red Hamilton. You boys like Carlton, I'm in Bella. Posted at Noble, inside the whip. Orange like Goku, look why I done told you I've hit the hole. That's all newsy, be capping on Pro Tools. 22, you not look like a mogul. Got more money than your whole family tree. Double that, and you still won't reach me. You in the nosebleeds, I'm sitting flow seats. Right with a coach at, but you can't coach me. Drop they been on that, sound like Kobe. Please name me, who really can stop me? Can't no one stop you next like the runner-up big flex and they i'ma look her up hook her up her down got a new stick nine mil bullets and 30 rounds ready to hunt a clown i've been at since uh i can't remember what's up with you oh yeah what's up nephew